You're listening to Selfish. This is where we bring self-care and bravery together to encourage you to follow your dreams. Here's your host, your favorite selfish enthusiast, Allie Hembree-Martin. Rachel Peterson is the queen of TikTok and is a top social media marketer and consultant, worldwide viral sensation, and leading authority on storytelling through social media and Facebook ads. I found her on TikTok and was excited to dive into how she found success on an app known for teenagers dancing. Rachel, thank you so much for joining me today. Allie, I'm so excited to be here. Okay, so let's kick things off and just tell us about yourself. For sure. So I'm Rachel Peterson. I'm a mom of three located in Minnesota, which by the way is like today, 20, negative 22 degrees. Oh, crazy. So (laughs) I will say one thing that's really interesting is I was looking at the calendar the other day and we're about to come up on just finishing up our fifth full year in business. And that's kind of crazy when I look at how much growth has happened. We've started not just one, but two businesses that have done multiple millions and it's just insane. So I'm a social Mm. media strategist. And I also teach people about social media and marketing. What else about me? I love TikTok. I'm passionate about TikTok. I love video as a whole. And I'm a huge fan of big hobbies. I mean, like work hard, play and hobby really Mm. hard. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you mentioned TikTok. I kind of very officially dub you the TikTok queen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's how I found you. Um, And I really want you to dive into this for us. Why do you think TikTok works for you specifically? Ooh, I love this. Okay. So when I started on TikTok, it was about just about two years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. Uh, and when I started, I remember at first I was, you know, putting content out there. It was the first time that a new platform had really, I guess, kind of rose to prominence where I realized lots of people were on it. And up until that point, it had just been kind of the big three or four, maybe five platforms over and over and over again. And so I was like, I need to try this. I want to see what happens. And within just a couple of weeks, I had my first video. And at that point I had 60 followers on TikTok and I had a video reach like 9,000 views. And I knew, mm-hmm. okay, something's, something's happening with this platform. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I'm going to figure it out. And within a month of that first initial blast, one of my videos reached 60,000 views in a week. And I was like, there is definitely something here. Now here's like the really cool. And actually as perfect as this is, um, the selfish side of it is <laughs> I started enjoying TikTok and TikTok unlocked something for me that I had never experienced before. Up until that point, I had always focused on like professionalism and showing up in a way where people would take me seriously. And mm-hmm. anyone who knows me, especially from TikTok, mm-hmm. uh, people know I'm very bubbly. I'm goofy. I like to have fun. I was just watching Legally Blonde this weekend, and that is my personality in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And because there was no manual on TikTok when I jumped on it, I was like, I get to create for the first time on a platform that no one else really understands, marketers or business owners. I get to just create. And for the first time in my entire professional career, 
that really bubbly, goofy, fun side of me came out. And so I fell in love with TikTok. And even if it that's not how most people are, the platform is great because it's a place where you get to be pretty darn authentic behind the scenes. People get to see the unfiltered versions of you. And so I fell in love with TikTok for the fact that it really set free the fun side of me. But then, of course, we went on to, since we uh, jumped on TikTok, we've generated, we're going to calculate it really soon, but it's over $400,000 in revenue since jumping on TikTok directly from TikTok. Yeah, I would say your secret sauce is just you. You're like authentic Rachel. I love that you say that. And I think that one thing that's so important and that... I want to say, I don't know if it's corporate or if it's people who in our lives who have told us you have to be a certain way or you have to show up a certain way. It almost makes, I think, most of us really afraid to show up as ourselves. And we're like, I just want people to take me seriously. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, I got to experience being me. But I also believe that everybody's secret sauce is being them, if that makes sense. Okay. Well, so to that point, if there's anyone (laughs) listening that really hasn't dove into the world of TikTok, how would you suggest that they get started? Okay. So let me explain it first, because here's what I know most people think about TikTok until they're really on it. They're like, oh, it's this dancing and lip syncing platform that all these (laughs) kids and teenagers are on. And that is definitely an element of TikTok, but basically it's short form video. So that could be up to 50 seconds, uh, sorry, up to 15 seconds or up to 60 seconds. There's kind of two modes. There's long video and there's short video. And one of the things that I really love and enjoy is stepping back and first observing the culture of TikTok. Now, when you first get on the app, you're going to be seeing and experiencing exactly what I just said. Actually, I was just talking to my mom. My mom has a business that she started that started as a side hustle and I want to help it grow. And she was like, but Ray, there's so many naked people on this app. And I was like, (laughs) okay, That is normal that you see that at first, not actual naked people, but people dancing in bikinis and bras. What you have to do is find a bunch of people that you really admire and go and follow them and engage with their content. And TikTok's AI, their algorithm behind the scenes is unmatched. So what Mm -hmm. they're going to do is they're going to learn what you like, what you want to see more of based on what you engage with. So if you see a video that you don't like, swipe past it really fast. If you see a video that you like from like an adult, which there are a ton of adults on TikTok, Mm -hmm. but like it, comment it, follow that person so that you curate an incredible experience that teaches you, oh, this is what the TikTok culture is all about. But the first thing I recommend is following people whose content is similar to maybe the type of content you want to create, whether that's me or Barbara Corcoran or, you know, Shalene Johnson, Kenya Kelly. There's so many great people on this platform that you can follow and you can get an idea for what the culture of TikTok is. So you mentioned that you're about to generate what that number is as far as revenue that you have received from being on TikTok. What is that equation as far as how we translate TikTok followers and activity there into paying customers for our business? Ooh, okay. So this one is an interesting answer. I love this question, by the way, because most people are not great at monetization. And I don't say that as an insult at all, but most people on the platform, they'll have millions of followers and be lucky to make, you know, a thousand or $2,000 a month from that following. It's very, 
it has to be intentional. It can't be an accidental part of your marketing if you're going to use TikTok as a part of your business marketing. So I'm a big, 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 big fan of monetization because I'm like, I want this to be sustainable. I want this to be something we can, you know, hire more people for and build up a part of our business to support this, but you have to get revenue in the door. And so one of the things that I've done since almost the beginning, I think I did it starting at like 15,000 followers was I started actively directing people to other platforms, whether it's YouTube or Instagram, but mostly to my email list with tons of juicy freebies. They get in your funnel then, and then you can sell from there. Yeah. And the reason that I bring this up is because, like I said, it's so hard for me to talk to people who have literally millions of followers. And they're like, I would trade all of that to have what you've built from TikTok, but also around, you know, your, your business. And the truth is, like I said, it's just because most people think that money is just going to come to them from building on any platform. And the truth is you have to actively pursue ways to drive the bottom line every day. And for us, TikTok is one of the most leveraged ways to do that. So we do that every single day. I'm like, how do we get these people into the top of the funnel off of this platform? Is there a platform coming up on the horizon that you think has the potential to be the next next TikTok similar to what, how you saw it two years ago? Ooh, you know, my team and I, we are playing around starting this week on Triller, which is a direct, just TikTok competitor. We are playing around on Snapchat and that's new for us. Mm. I never really got into Snapchat when everyone else did. Mm -hmm. So Snapchat is making a resurgence, which is interesting, but we're also testing out YouTube shorts. And so I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm really excited to see what happens. Now, in terms of new platforms, a lot of people have been like, it's clubhouse. It's clubhouse. Uh, I'm going to share my experience. I got on the app and within a couple of days, I was like, I don't really care for this. Mm -hmm. And I'm a pretty open-minded person when it comes, especially to new platforms. And I deleted the app and I don't spend any time on clubhouse. Now, could it be a huge platform that like, you know, where podcasts are recorded for sure. I have no idea what the future of Clubhouse is, but as it stands right now, the model doesn't seem like it's going to scale quite how we think it will. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do have my eyes on a couple of small platforms. I don't want to like start shouting them out yet because I don't want to overload all their developers. Yes, I'm super interested. And I like to see that a platform has legs before I jump in fully. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. And I could see where you, the queen of video is, you know, really not feeling clubhouse because that that's the element that they've taken away. So, um, I could totally see that. And yeah, that'll be interesting to see in an era where TikTok is so huge, um, how a platform that doesn't have that element will really survive. It is super interesting. The one thing that I find is I almost wish there was a way to get highlights from Clubhouse. So Mm -hmm. almost like someone finishes their talk or their room, and then you can get the highlights from it. That would be awesome. But as it stands, I have a really hard time listening to just audio for hours, unless I'm in podcast mode, but then I'm listening to someone that I know I'm going to get value from like you, right? For me, the people that have said like, Hey, what do you think about Clubhouse? My comment is 
it's, it's really a time suck because I have to have a dedicated amount of time to get on there and block it out on my calendar because I can't do anything else. Uh, That's like the one mistake I see people make is like they get in a room and then people start asking them questions and they're like, wait, what were you saying? What, what were we talking Uh, about? (laughs) That's it. Yes. I did do one room where (laughs) this is so funny, but it was like a Friday and this is in those couple of days where I was giving it a try. And I (laughs) put on a face mask and like took a bath while I was in a clubhouse. (laughs) Like this is pretty awesome, but you really can't multitask or else you could find yourself embarrassed pretty fast because it's very obvious. Yeah. Okay. Rachel, switching to you more personally, what do you enjoy the most about being an entrepreneur? When it comes to being an entrepreneur, what I most enjoy is the freedom of choice. Mm. And by that, I mean, financially, I mean, with my time, uh, the projects that I want to take on, even just like this past month, the ability to change directions this past month, I made a huge decision to follow a vision that was kind of scary for a lot of my team. And there was this beautiful thing like, Hey guys, listen, I'm the one who's taking the risk. Do you know what I mean? Like your paycheck is always coming. I'm the business owner who's taking the risk. Mm-hmm. I've got us, but the ability to follow your passion and your heart and your vision as it changes and is unfolded. Oh my gosh. It's like the best thing ever. And I think one of those risks that you're referring to is that you're opening up your course to be free. Mm. Tell us about that. So that was really crazy. Um, for years, one of our uh, signature programs is that uh, this program called social media United, where we teach social media mostly to freelancers, but also to entrepreneurs who want to learn social media, how to rock, you know, their marketing presence. And, you know, that, that has been a revenue stream for us for years of hundreds of thousands of dollars per year. And for a long time, I've always thought this is going to be free someday. And it was suddenly, you know, we were in Hawaii on a business trip and I was like sitting on the the beach meditating and I suddenly started bawling and I took my headphones off and I looked at Paul and I said, oh my gosh, SMU is meant to be free. And he said, I know that, but (laughs) how soon are you thinking? And I said, like now we need to announce it as soon as we can get everything set up behind the scenes. And like I said, some of my team was really nervous about this. They're still a little uncomfortable, but it was just so clearly aligned with where I know I want to take us and how much I want to help other people that it wasn't challenging it at all for me. Okay. So flipping that question on its head, mm-hmm. what is the most challenging part of being an entrepreneur? I would have to say, I know this is going to sound so cliche because it's an area where I spend most of my time outside of work. Um, the mindset, I think a lot of times people think it's a one and done thing. And the truth is, especially as you become a bigger brand and also target, sometimes Mm -hmm. you have to continually exercise it. It's not a one and done. It's not like, oh, look, I got a six pack once and now it's here forever. Like, no, you have Mm -hmm. to be doing those crunches every single day. And that's the mindset challenge that I, I found. And I've had to learn that there's a point in the day where my energy levels and my mindset naturally droop. And I have to like literally step away 
from everything I'm doing and block out time to go practice, you know, instilling a, a better programming. Otherwise, by the end of the day, I'm like, nobody likes me. Everything's falling apart. <laughs> Nothing goes right. I'm sure some people are resonating with that, that yes. bit, you know, and, and I learned that everyone kind of, to an extent, naturally feels that way if you just let whatever programming take hold. So I've had to learn to keep going back. It's almost like the equivalent of going and doing, you know, a hundred crunches in the middle of the day. And I do that because otherwise, like I said, I I get to family time and I'm like, <laughs> the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So how do you keep it together? So it, you know, in that same vein, when you're thinking about your selfish activities that you really go back to every week, every month, so that you are really able to keep that balance, how are you selfish? Ooh, a lot of ways. Is that okay to say? I For sure. Am, I am selfish in several ways. Number one, in the mornings. That is the first part of the day that sets the tone for the day. And I do a combination of five different things. I meditate, pray, which are kind of one and the same for me. Um, visualize affirmations, I journal, and I do soul reads. Like I read things that feed my soul. And those five things really help me start a day from a space of positivity. Let me, or help me to let go of whatever happened yesterday. Let me, you know, let go of my dreams that I had because I have very vivid dreams. And so that's one part portion of it. I also say no to a lot of things. And one example of that is like this week, this past week, you know, five people have asked me to host clubhouse rooms. And I'm like, you know, I can't because Mm -hmm. I am in such a good space and that would be adding, basically that would be taking away another hour a week from at least from my kids. I'm going to have to say no in this season. I can't be everything to everyone. And then on the weekends, my husband and I have a really good thing going. We, we really trade off for the first part of each day. And so we make sure that the other person gets alone time to focus on our mindset, focus on our health and fitness, focus on whatever we need to do. And so we give each other a couple hours each, you know, we'll wake up between seven and nine. Maybe it's an hour, maybe it's two hours each. Um, I also work out and I don't work out because I love working out. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Like I work out because it makes me feel really good. And it, for me, at least it burns off a lot of like anger. And I know that sounds really weird, but it is super helpful for me. So those are some of the big ways that I am unapologetically selfish. Perfect. Is there anything you wish you could be doing more? Yeah. I wish that I could, I wish that I could have more, (laughs) more friendships in Minnesota. Mm. And that, that was really illuminated with, for me, with the lockdown Mm-hmm. And realizing, like, I, I have a very small friend group, very small in Minnesota. And I was realizing, like, I wish that there were more people that I could do one-off coffees with or do a picnic with or whatever. Um, and you know what? I'll be honest, Allie, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but I don't think it's going to happen in this season of life. Friends are hard. It's it's hard to make friends as an adult. It's hard to keep friends. It's hard to build up those friendships, yeah. especially in the the um, situations that we have been in in present day. So yeah. I can totally relate to that for sure. Mm. So that's one thing that I think I would like to, 
do more of as our kids get older, but I also recognize like we're in a limited season when the mm-hmm. kids are still small. So, oh, it's, it's just interesting though. But that's one thing I definitely wish that I could do more of. Rachel, what's next for you? <laughs> oh man, personally, I want to run a marathon this year mm-hmm. and I've never done that ever. <laughs> so that's going to be challenging. I also am going to, I'm taking for the first time and I'm so nervous because I'm going back into that season where you're not good at something at all. And I kind of like that feeling of starting something and going through the period of like really just kind of sucking at it. Like I really like that discomfort. I think it's neat. Uh, and so I'm going to be taking cello lessons in the next. Wow. Right. Oh my gosh. I was listening to this like cover, you know, have you ever heard like the two cellos? Yeah. Oh, I listened to them on the weekends. I love their music. And I was like, you know, I wish I could play the cello. And then I was like, why would I wish I'm going to go get a cello. (laughs) And I did so cool. And so my lessons will be starting in the next couple of weeks. And I'm excited about that. Um, in business over the next 30 to 60 days, I'm finishing up my first manuscript for a book that I'm really excited about. And Mm. so that will be coming out probably in like one to two years, but that's a big thing. And then, yeah, that's, that's kind of it. That's all that's on the horizon. What about you, Allie? (laughs) Um, you know, there's so many things that get on my list as far as, Oh, I want to do that. Oh, I want to do that. And I feel like February was a really good month for me to like really map those out. So more of those tiny offers, more of those like bite-sized pieces that people can really take, digest, and then go run with and take action. And I just found that that's like really what I'm drawn to at this time. And so I, th- yeah. I feel drawn to create that for, um, for others. So I'm, I'm just like really glad that I've actually been able to sit down and finally look at that list. Cause I'm sure you have one too, but it's that list of like, yes, I want to do that. Yes. Someday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I get that feeling. Rachel, it's been a joy to talk with you. I just feel, I love your authenticity and it just comes across it's just so refreshing, um, you know, to see that on social media, but just to hear your heart and, um, and see what you're able to do with your business. It's really inspiring. So thank you so much for talking with me today. Oh, Allie, thank you for asking me. This is awesome. Like what you just heard, visit us at selfishthepodcast.com. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes today.